Hello and you're all very welcome to episode 2 of Along the Line CK Streamers brand new podcast. I'm Tomas Matthews and joining me once again is Sean Matter. Coming up on the show, Tipperary lose out in the All-Ireland Camogie semi-final to Galway, while Waterford and Limerick advance to meet in the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Final. Joining us on the show will be getting the views of two-time All-Star and former Limerick hurler Mark Foley, along with Shane McGrath of RT Sport and former Tipperary hurler All-Ireland medal winner Willie Ryan. And Sean, starting with the Camogie, Tip losing their third All-Ireland semi-final in a row, going down to Galway and Parky Keeve, losing out 1-11 to 8 points. Yes, Tomas, a very disappointing loss for Tip Camogie. I suppose the first 10 minutes of the each half was where it was one for Galway and last for Tip. Tip hit six crucial wides. When they were on top and they should have drove on, but this wise didn't help him. And then when Carrie Dolan for Galway got the goal, it kind of was the finishing blow. But in fairness to Tip, they battled to the very end and they made Galway work for a hard win. So they are coming. I can see him getting to the final next year. They after with a few minor adjustments. And with the loss of Arena Friday and Nicole Walsh, wasn't a help, but we can't fall the strength of the panel. They have great numbers in there and they very work very hard throughout the year. Yeah, Bill Milani definitely has plenty to work on there. Uh, he's doing a great job there. And we look forward to seeing how Galway Gahan and the All Ireland against Kilkenny. It's definitely again worth looking forward to. Moving on to the hurling then. Liam Cahill and Mikey Beaven showed once again that the Midas touch leading Waterford to a remarkable victory over Kilkenny Saturday night. Yeah, what a win for Waterford going from a team that hadn't won a match in three years to an All Ireland final. It must be a bittersweet moment for the players on the panel. Yeah, and TJ Reid, then you have to feel for him and the Kilkenny team 114. Great individual performance, but obviously it wasn't enough on the evening, like, and he's going to be sitting at home like the rest of us on All Ireland watching it on the TV. Yeah, for Kilkenny fans, it's the first, it's the longest since Cody took over. I think it's six years or something along the lines of that now since they haven't won the All-Ireland. And they'll be driving now next year and they'll come back stronger than ever, you'd imagine. But we just wish Waterford the best luck going into the final now. Looking at the other semi-final, Limerick doing enough to get over Galway. It was a bit of a disappointing game. Yeah, it was. It wasn't the high-scoring goal fest we were expecting going into this morning's match. What's your... On the Galway side, you take the early injury to Cahill Mannion in the 24th minute and then obviously the loss of Joe Canning when Galway looked to be coming back strong didn't help. But Limerick, they're in the All-Ireland final now anyway, so whatever way they look at now, they're going to be happy going home tonight. Yeah, Limerick subs as well made a huge difference. Peter Casey getting a point, Adrian Be- or Peter Casey getting two points actually and Adrian Preen getting a score as well and chipping in just like the Waterford subs on Saturday night who contributed 1-3 yeah the panel of Limerick coming in all year is making a serious impact and it's great for a team where you can take off your tyre players and bring on players that are as good as them if not even better you see Peter Casey coming on there David Reedy nearly had a goal if it wasn't for a good save then you have Pat Ryan and Paddy O'Loughlin coming in which is a great help to a team Limerick have advanced to the All-Ireland Hurling Final with a 27 points to 24 victory over Galway. Joining us along the line to discuss the game is two-time master Mark Foley. Mark, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Thanks. Mark, Limerick's slow start in last year's semi-final against Kilkenny proved fatal. Do you think the experience stood to them after their slow start against Galway? Um, you'd like to think so. Um, again, uh, today probably slow to start. Um, 
you know, Galway um, got out of the traps fairly early and went, I think, was it seven seven points to two up or eight points to two up or that way? But I think once Limerick got to grips of what Galway were doing, I think um, they did most of the hurling in the match and the scoreline probably didn't, um, at the end, probably didn't reflect um, the dominance they had. Like, but, you know, that can often happen in games like that where you have kind of like Galway kind of adopted more or less with a full-time sweeper. So, um, you know, I suppose from their point of view, they were trying to maybe cut down the goal chances and uh, stay in the game for as long as they did, which they did. And, uh, you know, they were right in it with, in, in the last five minutes. But I think, you know, Limerick scoreline probably didn't reflect the dominance they had. And uh, they'll be happy enough with the wind coming out, even though they have a lot a lot to work on. But yeah, a slow start wouldn't be of concern to them because obviously you don't want that happening because uh, you're giving yourself an amount, amount of climb. And even though it worked out today, they'd, they'd be mindful of that the next day. Yeah, Parak Mannion in the sweeper role, man. There was four men in the Galway full back line, and Limerick couldn't go direct. But Dermot Burns, Kyle Hayes, Grohl Hegarty, and Tom Morrissey really stood up to the mark at this stage. Uh, Burns, Hegarty, and Morrissey scored nine, and Limerick scores in the first half. And Kyle Hayes created a lot of scores as well. Yeah, that's right. I think uh, both half lines uh, did well, especially on the flank. So you had Grohl Hegarty, and uh, you had. Um uh, Tom Morrissey in the half hour line, then you had Dermot Burns and Kyle Hayes in the half back line. Uh, they did very well, and uh, it was really only when the Galway half back line got to grips with the, with, with um, Tom Morrissey and um, and Garrod Hegarty that they really came back into the game. But yeah, Dermot Burns uh, showed outstanding leadership. I think in the last twenty minutes, uh, had to go in centre back uh, to to keep tabs in, on uh, Connor Whelan and uh, Kyle Hayes um, was excellent all the way through. So, yeah, I think both half lines did did very well. And obviously, Galway they adopted the tactic of playing an extra defender to kind of to try and cut down the the service into the full forward line. And I think they managed to do that very well. But ultimately, like Limerick found a way to to, to get the ball over the bar and. Uh, you know, they'll be very happy that they uh, that they managed to find another way when, you know, the, we'll say that the, the normal way they play wasn't working for them. A few people raised eyebrows before the tip game when Kyle Hayes was put back wing back. Obviously, he played their underage, but uh, it's after been some successful move for John Kyle. Yeah, Kyle like is a very good player and very versatile, but I suppose most of his hurling would have been done in the defence at underage. Like So it was, I suppose, no major shock to people in Limerick, but maybe on the outside, right, people might have uh, considered that a surprise. But, uh, you know, he's done very, very well at, 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 at halfback because... Um, He's again like he's a phenomenal athlete and a huge man, like six foot four, six foot five, and very, very mobile. And uh, he's like an extra attacking threat um, in from the half back line because sometimes, you know, you find in the half back line you nearly have uh, more of an opportunity to attack sometimes than you have in the half forward line because that middle third is so compressed and full of bodies. But uh, in the half back line, he's free to ex- express himself a little bit more. And when he gets on the ball, he's very good to deliver the ball, and obviously he's very good to carry the ball as well, which is which is very important to try and create that extra man, which is what they're trying to do all the time so yeah very very good Kyle Hayes today again Obviously Galway got to grips with Hegarty and Morrissey after half time but uh, seemed to be a weird kind of the second half both teams seemed to be afraid to lose it there for 10 or 15 minutes Yeah very very strange and I think Galway definitely were, were mindful of uh, they didn't want to concede a goal and uh, I don't even think they, can, they they really created a goal chance themselves, but uh, certainly um, the goal chances were were at a premium. Uh, David Reedy had a, a very good shot, all right, save, but a very good save by the Galway keeper. But um, yeah, it seemed to be that they were both um, very much um, focused on the opposition rather than going out and having a go themselves. I think Galway even more so. They were really seemed to be uh, preoccupied with limiting Limerick, which they did to be fair. But at the other side of things, like you have to. Um, 
you have to go and score and you have to go and attack the game. And like if if, if you look at it, like I think scores from play, Limerick completely outscored Galway from play, and I think Joe was outstanding today from nine balls. Um, you know, I think he got four of them. So um, outstanding from him. Um, but uh, certainly, you know, on the balance of play, I felt Limerick played the better hurling. I think they were more dominant all through the game. And, uh, you know, even though they, they struggled to get over the line um, in terms of the overall course of the game, seemed to dominate it for longer periods. So I think they deserved their win. Obviously, Joe Canning's injury, and nobody likes to see it, but Carl Mannion's injury, Carl was a huge loss to Galway. Like, I think he was more of a, a loss. He was contributing a lot from open play. Yeah, a massive loss for Galway. And he's very, he's very important for them because he has that kind of a roving role and he's very, very good at finding these pockets of space like that are almost, you know, very, very, very difficult to, to find against Limerick. And he certainly was a, you know, he was in, in outstanding form, was very, very good against Tip. Uh, started off today uh, as if he was going to continue along that vein of form. So for him to go off was a huge blow to Galway. And then Joe on top of that. Um, and, you know, I, I think someone commented like that, that we were going to see what they were made of after that. And, and, and certainly Conor Whelan came out of centre forward and really turned the screw on Evan Nine and got a couple of great scores and it looked for all intents and purposes like that the game was in the melting pot I think it was level there for a couple of minutes and there was a kind of a crucial decision there that I think Tom Morrissey got a point I think Gerard Hegarty looked to foul someone underneath the uh, the puck out and Limerick got a, a score out of it and small things like that turned the game and I think they took off after that and, and, and got a couple of extra scores and uh, put the game to bed after that so not much in it um, but Limerick will feel look they got the job done and uh, certainly areas to work on and um, you know it's all to play for now in the final Yeah because if you look at the long delay with Joe Canning's injury it affects different people or different teams different ways uh, Galway came out and got the two points straight away and levelled it up and it seemed the momentum was with them but Limerick's experience showed and they finished the better like in that last eight or nine minutes yeah, definitely. I, I think the, the, that um, Joe's injury, unfortunately, I, I think he's okay, but it was unfortunate from a Galway point of view because we're missing a very, very important player. But definitely that break in momentum, it's, it's, you know, it was similar to the water breaks and you just don't know afterwards who's going to come out and hit the ground running. And it was Galway, really. They got a couple of excellent scores. Um, had kind of a half a chance for a third score, Conor Wien, and then went down along the sideline, but I think miscontrolled it and dropped the ball. And uh, Limerick turned it over. But once Limerick kind of got the two points ahead, you felt that they'd probably have enough. And Galway really needed a goal, I think, after that to kind of um, to salvage the game. And to be honest, I suppose with five forwards against, you know, sometimes Limerick, uh, they could be playing six, seven, eight backs. Like it's very difficult to get a to get a chance to even create a goal opportunity. And uh, Limerick managed to keep Galway out. And um, Saw the game out after that. Yeah, looking ahead to the final now, Waterford repeated the Munster final. Obviously, the water break in, in the second half, that uh, Waterford were right up in its up until that stage and Limerick pulled away. So it could go either way again. Yeah, and Waterford will take great confidence from their game against Kilkenny last night. A fantastic victory. And to be fair, again, like one by four points, but like we're full value, we're probably, you know, eight or nine points better team, to be fair, because um, even when they were eight points down at stages in the first half, you couldn't say that Kilkenny were eight points better because Waterford had a, a string of wides and um, from very, very scorable positions. And uh, on top of that, the goals they conceded were kind of of a. Not so much the soft variety, but maybe maybe a little, little bit naive defending on their behalf. So, you know, I think Waterford, even though they were well behind at half time, you couldn't say that Kilkenny were hurling out of their skin or were that much better than them. And certainly in the second half, Waterford really took the game by the scruff of the neck, attacked it, and just um, went for it. 
And, uh, you know, I, I think the goal or the key for Waterford is can they produce that form for 70 minutes? Because I think they'll have to, um, the next day against Limerick, they'll have to, um, you know, do the very same as they did in the second half and do it for both halves. So certainly um, they're not without hope. I think it's a great opportunity for Waterford. They've met Limerick already, have had a good look at them. And uh, they know what Limerick are about. They know what they're up against. They know areas that have to, they have to work in um, from the Munster final. But, you know, Limerick will probably go in as favourites. Um, they've been there before. They've done that. Um, haven't been outstanding since the, you know, since the, the match against Tipperary at various stages against Waterford. Struggled, struggled for various, at, at various stages today as well. So they'll be looking for a big improvement as well. And they'll be looking to, to show on... There's, a, I suppose, a debate over the Munster final performance was, what, what, you know, afterwards Limerick were a bit, you know, maybe um, not up to their usual standard. But then there's a counter debate that maybe that was because Watford were so good, and I think this will decide it anyway. And we'll we, we'll know for sure after the All Ireland final, you know, who's the better team and uh, what kind of form the, the the both teams were in the Munster final, which was the truer uh, reflection of each team. So I, th- I think it's kind of set up nicely. As I said, Watford will fancy their chances because they'll feel that they're improving as the championship goes on. And Limerick certainly um, will will look to get back to winning ways in terms of um, in, the, in an Ireland final uh, like they won two years ago. But they'll look to get back to, to a better kind of vein of form as well because um, certainly in the last two games they haven't been um, up to the high standards that we've seen over the last uh, couple of years, I think. Yeah, well, certainly interesting times ahead over the next two weeks. Mark, thanks for joining us on the show, and we hope to talk to you very soon. Not a bother at all. Thank you, too. We're the first team to advance to this year's All-Ireland Senior Hurling Final when sensationally recovering from nine points down to defeat Kilkenny. Joining us along the line to discuss the game is former Tipperary hurler Shane McGrath. Shane, what a turnaround in the second half? Yeah, unbelievable from now to fair and They could have easily died off there after going and taking nine points down at one stage, and Showed great mental strength there, like to keep going, because you know, Waterford teams down through the years, maybe they might have, they might have just, you know, might have maybe felt a bit of tiredness in the legs with the third week in a row. But this this group under Liam Cahill, you know, they've they've serious belief in themselves. They've they they stuck to the system. They believed in the system, and uh, you know, they they scored one eleven to Kenny's four points in the third quarter, thing, and that just kind of tells you where they're at, kind of. Physically, fitness-wise, and you know the, the structure, the system that they have, they uh, they were brilliant. They were they were they were they were well worth their win last night. So they were. Yeah, Waterford seemed to be very jittery during the first half. Their first touch was poor. Decision making was questionable. Their shooting it was atrocious to put it mildly. You'd often see teams shooting from impossible angles, but it, they were in good scoring positions where they were shooting from, but they just couldn't seem to find the target. Yeah, that's it. Like I think. Um, I think they just. I think it was just. It was a real thing of nervousness with them. Um, Shane McNulty came out of the ball and just hand passes straight out over the sideline. You know things that you wouldn't really associate with them. But like for for a lot of the Waterford lads, you know, it would have been their first time playing senior inter county in Crow Park. They're a very young team, like and uh, you know that was obviously evident. Did even Jake Dillon just didn't happen for him. He just seemed real nervous on the ball, and you know. In, especially in the first quarter, as you said, like they were just taking shots from silly positions. I think Mikey Beavis got him in, had a real good chat with him after the water break, and they just came out in after the water break. And they were a different team. They started using the ball better. They started working the ball through the lines better. They started getting the ball to the man in the best position. And, uh, you know, they just they, they just really, really settled into it. And uh, as you said, then, like they, from the second quarter, from after the first water break, they just really drove on. 
and you can just see the confidence growing and growing all the time. And then, you know, they're, they're really big players. Tyke Dvorka was immense. Jamie Barron was was excellent, especially in the second half. But they all just grew in confidence off each other. And then Austin Leeson had his best game of the year, his best period of the year, scoring four points for play in the second half. So, you know, when these guys are going well, the rest of them just feed off that energy. And I suppose one guy that maybe doesn't get a lot mentioned, Jack Fagan, the, the meat man. Like he was immense. Like the two two goals came off two catches from him. So you know it, it was a real kind of team performance from from Waterford. Like. Yeah, Waterford they were hunting packs in the first half, but it seemed to be creating space for the Kilkenny players running off the shoulder. But they continued to stick with that game plan. Eventually, they were turning balls over and forcing Kilkenny into a lot of errors. Yeah, that's it. Like and look, the thing um, the thing with Waterford is they they're not. You know, it's, you know, you have a lot of the same players and a lot of the kind of maybe the same structure as you had with Derek McGrath. And Tyke DeBurka does play deep. But what, what what they're doing this time is rather than Tyke DeBurka getting the ball maybe on his own and driving it up to the corner for space, what they're doing is they're working it through the lines. Like, And as I said, like when they did settle down at the first 15 minutes, they started doing that. So if you look at, say, Tyke DeBurka there, he would have got a ball and he might have drove it up the field two or three years ago. As soon as they settled into the game, he would have carried that ball 30, 40 yards, given a simple hand pass maybe to Jamie Barron or, you know, uh, the likes who could either then sc- take it on for a score themselves or hit Daisy Hutchinson with a, you know, with a with a much better ball as soon as they got it to a certain area of the pitch. And, like, their their, their work rate is phenomenal. You know, the what they're, what they're getting from turnovers. I think, they, I think Warnford scored something like 14, 15 points from turnovers last night. Where they turned the ball over and won some some part of the field on Kilkenny and worked it up the field and got a score. So look, that's that's what you're going to get with any any team that Liam Cal is involved in. You see with the tip teams down through the years, the minors, the under twenties, twenty ones, their 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 work rate and their honesty comes first and foremost, and then your ability to hurl will will, will, will come in after that. Like. Yeah, Stephen Bennett showed great leadership when it was needed most, and Austin Gleeson as well. I think. He was hurled very honest last night now. He, a lot of uh, hurrying and uh, attacking the Kilkenny players, like uh, putting them under pressure and forcing them into errors. Yeah. And look, that's, look, Austin has been taken off in the matches, you know, the, 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 in the matches they've played so far. You know, and I think with Mikey Beavis and Liam Cahill, you've kind of, you know, you've, you've kind of good cop, bad cop in a way that, you know, Liam would demand a lot out of him and, you know, right and rightly so. And then you'd have maybe Mikey Beavis would come in and just, you know, kind of calm the whole thing down maybe for them and say, look, let's let's use the ball a bit better here. Let's um, let's get get it to the man in the best position. And like Austin Leeson, I think what the brilliant thing they've done with Austin Leeson is they know Austin is going to shoot. Like, so they're 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 playing him like with fourteen on his back, getting him as close to the goals as they can. That you know it increases the percentage of him actually getting a score. So if he is shooting, at least he's closer to goal, and there's a better chance of him scoring. And you know, I think that's I think that's what they got from him last night in the second half. Now, to be fair, one one of his points, sensational score out by the sideline near the sixty five. Um, you know, if 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 there was a Watford crowd there last night, it, uh, the the roof would have lifted on the place. So, but I think after he got his four point from play, what he did, he went over in and he he got a hit in one of the Kilkenny boys out by the sideline underneath the Hogan and um, got a turnover. And that's I think that's. That's how Cal and Beavens, even to be fair to them, that's how they've evolved um, Austin Leeson's game this year for me anyway, in that he's, you know, he's getting back and he's getting those hooks and blocks in now, whereas maybe before he wasn't all the time like so. 
Yeah, I suppose the million dollar question is where is his best position really? Like his best, his best position is the is is the forwards. Um, for for and the way Watford are playing him now in in the kind of that fourteen role, but giving him a license maybe to come out to the half forward line sometimes to get on ball. I think that's I think that's his best position because as you said, like he's going to shoot, so you may as well try and get him taking most of his shots in that area where the there's a higher percentage of him scoring it. Like you know, rather than getting him to take on a shot from midfield area half back line where. There's less of a chance of going over, but he's still going to take on the shot anyway. So look, I think I think the way Watford are playing him at the moment is is is, is working the best for them. Like just looking, uh, Liam Cahill and Mikey Bevins, uh, this is going to be their fifth All Ireland in six years. Uh, obviously, that experience is going to be vital in Watford over the next fortnight. Oh sure, look, and I suppose it will. Now I think what will be a big advantage to them is look. You don't have to worry about the hype of getting suits, what hotel you're going to, where the partners are going. And I think that'll suit Waterford. They're they're they are a very young squad. And you know, you 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 will have the build up and there'll be great colour down around Waterford and rightly so, but you won't have all that hype and stuff to deal with, which 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 I think will be a big advantage to them. <clears throat> the other side of it is you've a lot of the Waterford lads coming in with all Ireland minor and all Ireland under twenty one medals. So they've they've played in All Ireland finals before. Now there's no comparison to an All Ireland senior final, but they, they they have success and they know what it's like to win All Ireland. So that'll be that'll be a big advantage to them. They actually kind of remind me of the Clare 2013 team, where everyone said like maybe was it a year too soon for them. With ev- with everything that's going on this year, I think that a lot of the things are in their favour. I think Limerick, they were they were good today. They weren't brilliant, but Watford will take great confidence. I say from the way they played against them in the Munster final and watching them today. And I say they'll say, look, very hard to beat the same team twice anyway, no matter what sport it is. But I think Watford will go in with a lot of confidence into that final. They won't have to deal with a lot of the hype that t- teams had before. Like look what it did to the Watford team in 08. just destroyed them really. Like the the build up and the hype to it when, when Davy was over and got hammered by Kilkenny 2017. Okay, they didn't get hammered, but you know, Galway just got, they started, I think Galway were nine points to one up after the first 15 minutes that day. So I think Watford will really be looking for a performance for themselves and for the group as well. And, um, you know, Cahill and Beaven's experience of dealing with teams not in the finals will be massive to them. But look, I, I think when they don't have to deal with all that extra hype that, that normally goes on in the final, I think that'll be a massive uh, advantage to them. Finally, Shane, you're involved with the tip miners this year. Obviously, a frustrating year the way things have gone. Yeah, it is like, you know, I suppose it was on and it was off and then it was on and off again. Look, I I, I think it's the not knowing that, that lads find hard. and It's it's kind of hard for us to say to a group of 16, 17-year-olds, look, we, we honestly don't know what's happening here. And as every minor panel is, you know, they're fierce, honest bunch. You know, they, they, they do any amount of training for you at any time you want, but it's just the not knowing. And uh, I suppose, look, I know the advisory committee are meeting at Crow Park there tomorrow. Hopefully we'll have an answer. And look, if... If it's to be and they feel and the powers that be feel that, look, maybe it's best we don't go ahead with it for whatever reasons, health and safety, first and foremost, that's fine. Everybody will accept that. But I think people just want to know now, are they going to get a chance to play or not? And look, if not, it'll be very hard to take, but at least they'll know. And if yes, you know, let them let them out, let them play a few matches over the few weeks. And if they're, if whatever team is good enough, we'll, we'll, we'll win it. And if you're not good enough, you'll be out. But I think it's just lads would like to either be in or out at this stage as in get their chance to play and if they're not good enough they won't or else just just let them know say look we just can't go ahead with it it's just it's just too risky uh, we can't take the necessary risk if we don't have to and everyone will say look fair enough be disappointed alright but uh, at least 
at least everybody will know at that stage then. Yeah, because we covered a lot of minor games with CK Streaming there during the year and we would have seen a lot of the, the minor players that you have and you were looking good, I suppose. Minors are a very hard bunch to understand whether they are looking good or not. But uh, you seem to ha- have a very good squad there this year now. Yeah, very good, very good squad. We're very, uh, we have a big um, turnover from last year. You know, we would have had 10, 12 guys that were involved last year. We'd have got massive experience last year and they are involved again this year. And like what you have now as well, really, is because it's gone on so long, you have basically more or less 18-year-olds playing an under-17 competition because, you know, most of these guys are going to be turning 18 the next three or four months. Like So, you know, that's that's what you're dealing with now. You know, it's it's very difficult for any group, no matter what age they are, for a competition to be on, off, on again, get to play a match, and then they call it again. Very hard to go to the well two or three times mentally for any age group, let alone for 16, 17-year-olds, and try and get the best out of yourself. But as I said, our lads, the response has been brilliant. Anything we've asked them to do, be it on their own or, in the, or as a group, they've done it. And as I said, I just think everybody just wants to know now, are, are, is, are, we, are, are we in or are we out? Because ask, cause calling it off, calling it off again, we'll say, even though it hasn't been called off, but just saying that it's, they're going to postpone it until January, February. I think it's very hard to ask lads to do that because we have a lot of guys, you know, who are at, at um, exam stage as well and they're going to be trying to get prepared for mid or um, for mock leave insert exams or, or, you know, in February. So, you know, I think I, th- I think lads would just just rather know now, you know, whether, whether they're in or out. Like. Yeah, well, hopefully you have a decision uh, in the next day or two from Crow Park anyway. Uh, look, Shane, thanks very much and we look forward to talking to you again, okay? No, but our best look at the podcast, lads. Hope it goes yeah. well, Physicality has played a big part in this year's championship. Joining us to discuss this is Tipperary minor hurling strength and conditioning coach Willie Ryan. Willie, welcome to the show. Thanks a million, Master, for having me. Uh, you can see physicality is a huge thing at this time of year compared to summer hurling. Obviously, teams have had to change their training methods. Um, yeah, so you can see now with the kind of physicality that Galway and um, Limerick are bringing to it, and even to be fair to them, Watford, Watford are in great shape. Um, that they're that little bit ahead of other teams. Even you can see Kilkenny now are lagging a little behind, a little bit behind. Um, even it was not today that Henry Shefflin said about that. So look, it's look, it's a, it's a hard year to keep them keep the boys going all year round between gym and and the pitch. But um, they're that little bit ahead at the moment. And look, from now on, it'll just be about keeping the boys fresh before the All Ireland final. It'll be no mad dogging going now next two weeks. So. Um, Look, it's it's been a tough year, long year, um, but they seem to be in great shape, and yeah, yeah, you can see the difference in the shape of the likes of Austin Gleeson, and Connor Whelan, Seamus Flanagan are prime examples. Even Gerard Hegarty looks bigger than usual. Like. Yeah, they're definitely, um, they're definitely Austin Gleeson. To be fair to him, has trimmed up a lot more, but he's carrying more muscle mass. To be fair to him, um, and he's zipping around the pitch like you know he's getting hooks and blocks everywhere. Same can be said with Hegarty. Hegarty's zipping around the pitch, even though he's carrying more muscle. He's just like these boys are just physically. They're, they're the next thing to rugby players at the moment. They're they're that in that kind of shape and condition. Um, so look, they have a lot of work done behind the scenes, probably that we don't know about either. But um, at the moment, Limerick look look that physically fit team. Uh, Watford look very lean, and they're. The way they play the game, the likes of Caelan Lines and that, up and down the pitch, 
they look extremely fit. Now, if I was to call it, I think Waterford could benefit from that in Crow Park the next day. I do think that they seem unbelievably fit, whereas Limerick are big, strong men and they're winning their own ball. But I think that if Waterford moved the ball quick and the likes of Desi Hutchison, his feet work is phenomenal. Um, I think it could be a big a big part in the result. What's the first threat with the minors now? Um, how many different programmes? Or what way did it work with the minors there during the year between lockdown and everything? Um, so it's been 14 months uh, now since we've been together 14 months and you're only we've only played one championship match against Kerry um, which we won fairly handy um, so we've gone through different like advised or when they started off in the gym back in October 14th of October we tried to pack on as much size before they went to the field in January and then we went had them in good physical fitness wise then we took over so getting them zipping around the pitch and moving around the pitch then COVID came and kind of had to give them a lockdown stuff to do. So it was just literally stuff they could do at home. So home workouts, home running exercises, that kind of stuff. Um, look, it's a, fr- a very frustrating year. There's no point saying it hasn't. Um, to be fair to them, they're in great shape. They look after themselves. They all have their own weights. They invested in that kind of stuff. So to be fair to the group, they look after themselves. And I think it's... Um, it's a good stepping stone for them for 20s or senior or whatever they're going to go on to, even if it's for a club next year, they'll have a very strong base and you'll be hoping because they have this, you won't be less injuries. So that's the big thing for them as well. It must be a big help when they're all buying into what you're telling them, the programmes you're giving them. Uh, yeah, look, it's massive. Um, but like you have to practice what you preach and look, if if you if they don't see that management and that kind of thing are putting into work either, they know themselves like, look, Call it call a bluff, like, but they are a serious, seriously talented bunch. Um, and look, it, they're actually a joy to work with. Anything we've asked them to ever do, there has never been a question asked. They'll go do it. Any workouts we give them to do at home, even mobility and stretching sessions, which are the big thing now, uh, keeping the bodies right, never a question asked. Uh, well, hopefully, uh, you get the decision from Crow Park this week, and we'll be back seeing the minor championship fairly shortly now like, because that minor team. We've covered a good lot of clubs with CK Streaming during the year and you did have probably one of the best minor teams in the country. It'd be a shame to see them not fulfil their potential this year, especially. Yeah, look, uh, they're um, they're hugely talented. Look, you, you've seen them and anyone that has seen them play and even the challenge matches we've played, uh, Limerick, Kilkenny, Wexford, Dublin, Leash, Offaly, like people have came up and said, look, they're they're a phenomenal group, and they are a phenomenal group. And it would be, it would be a shame just to let that group, uh, basically, not kind of fulfil the potential at minor, and see what they can do. But look, unfortunately, it's um, it's out of our hands as government now, kind of to make the call. So, look, hopefully, we'll know we'll know tomorrow what the story is. So, oh, Willie, thanks for being on the show, and we look forward to talking to you very soon. Thanks, Millie Massey. Mind yourself. So that's show number two down. Thanks to Mark Foley, Shane McGrath, Willie Ryan and co-host Sean Matter. Join us later in the week when we'll have a special on Tipperary's upcoming All-Ireland semi-final against Mayo.